Luke 24, verse 1 to 9. Now on the first day of the week, very, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone was rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed, they were troubled about this. And behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid, they bowed their faces into the earth. And the angel said unto them, Why seek ye the living amongst the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee. Now let's go to Matthew 17 to see what Jesus said to them whilst they were in Galilee. Matthew 17, 22 to 23 says, Now whilst they were still staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. Please underline if you do, underline in your Bibles. The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And on the third day he will be raised up. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. Verse 8 of Luke 24 says, And then they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told these things to the eleven and to all the rest. May God bless the reading of his word. Today I want to speak to you under the theme, the gospel from this subject. Remember what Jesus said at Galilee. Remember what Jesus said at Galilee. Amen. Bill and Gloria Gator spend a lifetime composing and writing Christian music and hymns. And one of the most beloved hymns and my favorite is the one known Because He Lives. Because He Lives. What makes this hymn so profound and powerful is that it looks beyond the cross. It looks beyond the blood and focuses on the resurrection of Christ Jesus. And so the verse says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds my future. Because he lives, because he lives, life is worth living. Because he lives. Now Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew predicts his death and resurrection at least three times. And each time Jesus predicts his death and resurrection, he did it privately amongst the disciples only. Because there are certain information and certain revelation that not everyone must receive. 
Be careful who you share certain information with. Because we find people, instead of praying with you and for you concerning your vision and what you shared with them, Okay, die mense wat nie hier is nie, hulle gaan drink die eer is ons nou spuistel, so ek praat, so in Matthew, in Matthew 16 verse 2 is the first time Jesus predicts his death to his disciples, Matthew 17 22 is the second time, and Matthew 20 verse 19 now, what's important for us to notice here from these three predictions is that every time Jesus predicts factfully his death, he also announces his resurrection. So Jesus is in fact giving them bad news, but wrapped inside of the bad news is the good news. And the Bible says when they receive this Good news carried under the umbrella of bad news, they became sorrowful. They became sad and sorrowful. Now, have you ever stood at the place of loss in your life? Have you ever had to stand by the bedside or wherever and watched a loved one die in your hands? Have you ever attended a funeral that just shouldn't have happened? And where I grew up in Yalorado Park, every weekend there is a funeral of young men being gunned down in broad daylight for territory. Have you ever had to make sense of unexpected tragedy in your life? Have you ever had a moment in your life where what, what, what seemed like the worst to you was not really the worst? Have you ever had a moment in your life where the bottoms of your crown has been removed and there was no hope? Have you ever found yourself in the events of yesterday trying to make sense of what had happened? Now I was there. All these questions, I was present in these events. Watching a loved one die in my hands. Watching or hearing about someone dying that just shouldn't have died doesn't make sense for Senzo to have died. It doesn't make sense for soccer players to fall dead on the pitch, young, talented, dying, wasted opportunities, Kun Aguero and Ericsson, they can't play anymore. Gifted, it's sad. Now I was there, but I know you too. You were there. And when you and I were there, we shared the same emotions. We shared the same sorrow that these disciples and the followers of Jesus felt on that Friday. Uh, Friday is finished. The crucifixion was over and Jesus is now dead. His body has been hastily buried by Joseph of Arimathea's and Nicodemus. And now they found themselves, from the scripture we read in Luke 24, they found themselves on the Saturday, which was yesterday. 
The Saturday rose to be the next day where Jesus is now dead. There is no more Jesus. It's also known as the Sabbath day. A day of rest and dedicated to worship. A time of praise and worship. But for the disciples and the followers of Jesus, praise was not on their minds. And worship was not in their hearts. And to go to the house of the Lord was not in their agenda or on their agenda. Because there would be no reason for going to the temple because the teacher is no more. Their hearts were still heavy. Their spirits were down because they were sad and sorrowful for what had happened on Friday. Can I ask the question? Have you ever been in a place where Going to the church was the right thing to do, but you didn't feel like going to church. <laughs> and that is why I always tell my people, don't be led by feelings. Because feelings give negative thoughts. Feelings escalate. One day you are high, the next day you are low. And the other day I don't know where you are. Do not be moved by feelings. Moved by the Spirit. Moved by the guidance and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Allow the Word of God to order your footsteps. Have you ever came into the house of God and you just didn't feel like worshiping? And to be honest, sometimes I feel so. And, and if we are to be real with our congregation and our peers, you know when you are real, you attract people. But when you are fake, there's a question mark on you. And as a church, we need to be real. Sometimes we don't feel like worshipping. But it's in that moment, oh, why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul. It's in that moment where it doesn't feel good to you, but it's good for you. Forgiving those who persecute you and says things about you doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to forgive Chris Rock after you embarrassed him on a global network it doesn't feel good having to forgive the guy that you know who murdered your dad it doesn't feel good to you but it's good for you because many people will not enter the kingdom of God in heaven because of unforgiveness there's a time where forgiveness doesn't feel good to you but baby it's good for hallelujah it's good for you yes. because hope, living with unforgiveness is drinking poison and expecting yeah. someone else to die whilst you are a ticking time bomb in the inside let go let go Munifan yes. let people go Amen. your heart is so precious let people go for Viva but let people go. Set them free. These disciples were saddened and their spirit and their minds were clouded by sorrow. That they could not perceive properly, they could not reason properly, they could not discern the good news in the midst of the bad news. 
Because he said to them at least three times, Allah was disobedient, so they say the third time is a charm. Yet on the third time they miss God. And you and I will miss God when our minds are clouded. They were sad and they were sorrowful, Pastor Shen, because it is the first day, my brother, in three and a half years where there is no Jesus. It is the first day in three and a half years where there is no miracles being performed in their presence. It's the first day in three and a half years where there is no parable, there is no fish, there is no bread, there is no walking on water, there is no wine. It's the first day where they can't run to Jesus to pray for them and with them. And they are sorrowful. They are sorrowful because fresh in their minds are the horror of crucifixion because crucifixion was the most horrific ex execution and the Romans were very good at it. They were the masters of crucifixion. It was so horrific because they remembered what their loved one went through and their loved one had suffered. Have you ever been in a place where you received news that the person you were with just yesterday is no more? My brother, no ever. See the amens. Then you go on Facebook for updates. Hashtag rest in peace. Hashtag it was so sweet and so in. Let's out it innocent. <laughs> <laughs> As a environment. And the disciples, my brother, began to do what you and I, just this time, they had no Facebook to go and double check. They had no Twitter and Instagram and all these things on, on not the word. <laughs> and so instead of fishing for information, they did a roll call. And sometimes we too do roll calls because I was on Hustermutum. But I'm man sick, I'm man at sick. No, barely Pastor Richard, what I managed to win. Yeah, dog, diamond, so, so, so. Hi, man. As it is seldom, we do that. Now we investigate, but it's too late. It's too late. But the disciples begin to do roll call, uh, Pastor Shen. And they begin to revisit the events that led up to the Friday. And so they started to remember the glorious entrance into Jerusalem. Be careful who sings your praises. <laughs> Be careful who compliments you. Yeah. you. That is why you need to discern the compliment. You need to discern the praise, whether it's genuine or not. You need to discern who compliments you and who praises you because the same people on the Friday said, Asiti Barabbas. Yeah. We want Barabbas. Mm -hmm. They wanted a criminal. But you see, the fact that they wanted the criminal was sovereignly programmed by God. Because one of the three had to be released yeah. so that Jesus can fill the third cross. 
So even Asiti Barabbas, even those who sang the praises of you one day and cried, crucified you the next day, they were in his life for a reason. Just like the people are in your life for a reason. The men of and they release the benediction over your life. Say, hey, I is van tukis, I salat ni maak. Nee, okay, waas die mense van tukis Because your purpose is not in man's praise or appraiser, but it is in the sovereign plan and design of God. They remember the last supper and what happened at the last supper and Jesus spoke their final word or his final words to them. They remember the events in the Garden of Gethsemane where they thought it was a time to sleep because it was dark. But really it was a time to pray because Gethsemane speaks about the place of preparation. Jesus had to go to Gethsemane to prepare himself for Calvary. They remember the night Jesus was arrested and I believe Peter reflected on the miracle that happened on that night. Because Peter was from Pastor Richie's place, Westbury. And Peter, Peter operated with Pastor Richie and uh, Pastor Shen in Tukums and whatever his gang name was, uh, they, Peter operated with them. Because they carried jungles and okapis. I don't know, Rev, how dangerous were you? But Peter was the only one who carried a sword. And when the Roman officer came to arrest Jesus, he cut off the ear of the Roman officer. Mm, can I teach Bible? He cut off the ear of the Roman soldier. And so according to the Roman Empire law, Peter would have been the one crucified in Jesus' place. Because the law says anyone who insults or assaults a Roman officer, capital punishment was the order of the day. One of the three would have been released and Peter would have been replaced. And Jesus, Jesus would have been omitted from that. But Jesus, knowing that it will take the cross and my shed blood to redeem mankind, I need to bow down, get rid of the evidence and place it back on the man's head. And so Jesus performed a miracle in the presence of unbelievers. He performed a miracle in the presence of those wanting to arrest him and persecute him. And... He got rid of the evidence. What did you do? What did I do? That the blood of Jesus made us guilt free. Mm, my sister. The blood of Jesus and his love covers a multitude of sins. So Peter remembered that they remember Jesus carrying the cross. They remembered him that. And in their minds, they were feeling a sadness and a sorrow because it's the first time they, they, they remembered everything except what Jesus prophesied in Galilee. There's no Jesus to lead us to the fish. There's no Jesus to lead us through our storms. There's no Jesus to teach us and speak in parables. There's no Jesus to pray for us. It's the day after, beloved. It's the day after the worst had happened. The day after Jesus is now dead. 
The day after everything they hoped for came crumbling down. It's the day after they left all their investments as a tax collector and as fishermen. And there's no return on their investments. Beloved, this was such a sad and sorrowful Saturday. That the sadness and sorrow that followed them from Friday into Saturday followed them right up until Sunday. And at the dawn of Sunday, there's no joy in their hearts. In the joy of Sunday, at the dawn of Sunday, their spirits are still clouded by sadness and sorrow. At the dawn of Sunday, there's no expectation of better things to come because they are still wrestling with the past. And the reason why you and I cannot comprehend, experience and see our blessings is because we are still dwelling in the past. That is why we cannot see what God is doing because we are still dwelling in the past. Instead of going forward, you are going backward. Instead of moving, you are meandering. You are going about in a circle, going nowhere slowly. And my late bishop used to say, if you don't know where you are going, any road will take you there. And the Bible says there is a road that seemeth right unto a man, but its end thereof is the way of death. The disciples were said, and they were said, and they miss the blessing. They miss the blessing. Hallelujah. So much so that if you recall that on the Friday where Jesus was arrested, uh, uh, Thursday he was arrested, and the Friday he was crucified. According to the law in Deuteronomy, that a criminal should be buried before the Muslims call it Maghrib, before the sun goes down. And when the sun goes down, it's uh, the Sabbath begins. So in Islam, they will tell you when it's Maghrib at that time, it's already a new day. And so my friends would then send out birthday messages of uh, 25 past 5 or to six whatever before my actual birthday and they would tell me no no it's already a new day and i said okay wish me via more <laughs> and, and and when they said that it dawned on me that this is what deuteronomy is speaking about here that a criminal should be buried because i said criminal he should be buried before we go okay kalamaki do it the religious man, sir. Alamaki will do it, and then for all the birth, that will go away. That's exactly what happened here. Before 6 p.m. began, they had to take Jesus' body from the cross. But before Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus did that, they had to go to Pilate, Pontius Pilate, to release the body of Jesus. And that took time. So the only time they had was to take the body of Jesus, wrap it in linen, and place it in the new tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. Because in those days, a little grave was in the 
And so when Jesus died, it was already 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And so before 6 p.m., so they had three hours to do this, to get the release of the body uh, and do. They had no time to wash the body. They had no time to prepare the body for burial. And this is the reason why the woman went to the tomb with spices. To go do the work that the disciples were supposed to do. But they were so sad and sorrowful that they did not do what they were supposed to do. And because their minds were clouded, they could not perceive properly. They sent a group of women with spices to embalm the body of Jesus. And so you know the story. Luke chapter 24. When the woman gets there, the tomb is open. The body of Jesus is missing. Angels are sitting by the door asking them, Why are you seeking the living amongst the dead? Don't you know better looking for someone that's alive at a cemetery? Why are you so sad? Why is your head hung low? Why is your spirit down? Where is Peter? Where is Matthew? Where is John? Vast dimension. How is it that you are so sad and so sorrowful on a Sunday? Don't you remember what Jesus said at Galilee? Because if you remembered what Jesus said at Galilee, you would have been hopeful. Yes. Amen. Mm, mm. But we allow our minds to be clouded with sadness and sorrow that we experience in the moment. If you remember, this is the angel's words in the Rosh Hashanah version. If you remembered what Jesus said, you would have had joy. You would have had joy. In your hearts, in your spirit, there would be an excitement. But the problem is, they forgot what Jesus said in Galilee. Sometimes... We make the same human error because we too forget what the Bible says concerning us. The Bible says, I am the head and not the tail, yet we live as a tail. The Bible says, I'm above all needs and not below, yet we live below. The Bible says, I am blessed, but we live as a cursed people. Why? Because we, we don't remember what the Bible says concerning us. I am what the Bible say I am. I believe what the Bible say I am. And I trust what the Bible says I am. Why? Because here is proof. Here is proof that Jesus prophesied and predicted his death. And in the midst of the prophecy, prediction, and bad news, he gives them a caveat. That I will. That's a fact. I will, I will not, I might. I will. I will. Do you know what he said at Galilee? 
Ik ken niet hoeveel tijd dat ik hier wil hebben. Maar ik vat nu de tijd voor die wat laatste komt. Halleluja. How many knows what Jesus said? At the time Jesus gave this instruction to them, it is the second time where he predicts his death. Remember, I gave you the three occasions and places that he predicts his death. At this time, it is the second time that Jesus predicts. So, let me verstaan and gehoor and he can, God can alles. He came into a place where people were reasoning and he said, why reason ye in your hearts? He sits high and he looks low. The psalmist says, he hear my thoughts from far away. He knows when I sit and when I rise. There's nothing hidden under his eyes. Before I was born, he knew me and he saw my destiny. That's someone we can trust. Amen. Amen. So, in Matthew 17 is the second time where Jesus predicts his death privately. I already gave you. So here is what he says. He says, the son of man, Matthew 17, verse 22 to 23. The son of man is about to be betrayed. So Jesus knows about the betrayal. And he knows who will betray him. Uh. He says, I will be betrayed into the hands of men. And they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. So they heard this, the Bible says, and they became sad and sorrowful. And their sadness and their sorrow made them or resulted in them missing the blessing or missing the good news. So the Greek word for sorrow is the word lapaio, A-L-A-P-A-I-O. L-A-P-A-I-O. I-O. And this word means to be grieved and offended. So when Jesus gave them good news, they became grieved. They became offended. Asus mense wat jaloers is, had jy net a promotion kreeg, dan is hulle offended. Waar pas hulle in die? Hulle werk eens waar jy werk nie, maar hulle is jaloers. You see, that's the spirit of jealousy. Hey! They were offended. By good news. Is this not what Paul says? That the message of the cross will become an offense. Sure. The disciples, I need to press this so that we can understand. The disciples hear what Jesus says. And instead of embracing the good news, which we all like to hear. You wanna, oh, I have bad news and good news. Which one I'm saying is the good news? Because we embrace and we are attracted to good news. But these ones were not because they were uh, dependent on Jesus. They were dependent on Jesus. So their dependency clouded their spirits and their minds. And so when Jesus gave them good news, they took, they, they were grieving. And they took offense. And so the angels is upset with them to suggest that you already heard what Jesus said. So why are you here? Why are you mourning? 
You heard what he said. Drie keer het jy gehoor wat hy sê, maar jy wil nie hoor nie. Jy hoor, maar jy luister nie. Die Heer het ons twee lekke hoor gegeen om te kan hoor, maar ons wil nie hoor nie. En sommige van ons, Pastor Richie het, het lekker so, jy moet nou aan mijn briks loop. Dus toe kom Pastor Richie maar aan Durban blij en nie in die kaap nie, because die wind in die kaap sal om wegwaai. That's a joke. If you, Pastor Shen, remembered what Jesus said in Galilee, it would have changed how you received and perceived Friday. If you remembered what Jesus said in Galilee, you would have traded your sorrows for joy and your mourning for dancing. If you remembered what Jesus said, you would not be sad and sorrowful. You would have been the first one up on the Sabbath day to say, look what the Lord has done. He has done great things. Hallelujah. You would have had joy in your heart. Your soul would have sinned. If you remembered, if you remembered, <coughs> you would have hold your life together. But because of the sadness and sorrow and the offense that you took, allowed your life to be torn from top to bottom. And the accusation in the indictment from the angels to these disciples is that you have missed the, bear, the blessing of God in the midst of your bad news. All you heard was the bad news. Yeah, I weet mos, ek is ook getrood. Ons hoor net een story. Ons ken wil nie die ander story hoor. En dan as hulle klaar minds opgemaak het, dan bly maar stil, because jou story gaan nie nou tel nie. Oh nee, praat maar nou. Is hy nie waar? Oh, die, die mense laag, hulle weet. Hulle weet, sê amen of eina. Ons moet begin mekaar uh, sy stories hoor. Ons moet mekaar sy stories luister, al hoe kwaad is jy, kom ons luister, kom ons hoor wat sê hy. Ja, jy het nog gehoor wat sê hulle, gee my nou kans om te sê wat sê ek. Misschien was het iemand wat geleg het soos ek. Misschien was het iemand wat die selfe kleren aangehaard het soos ek. Misschien was jy in die kaapastoor, kyk my diary. You understand? And now we can reason and solve the conflict. But as Alma kwaad is, dat gaan nie help nie. Maar die Bijbel sê raak kwaad, maar moet nie. Sondag. Ek voel ons sondag teenoor mekaar, as ons nie mekaar uitwister. Kom ons hoor wat sê die mens, voor ons net oordeel. Kom ons wees nie soos die scribes en die pharisees nie. John chapter 8, gaan lees, ek weet, this is a Bible teaching church, you love your Bible. John chapter 8. So they miss the blessing in the bad news. But this morning, Pastor Shane, I wish I can have church like I feel it now, so it's no John said. Ek het al die pad rengeit toegekom, om vir u te sê, that there are some 
Saturday and Friday sorrows you may be facing. There are burdens that's pressing the life out of you. You are dealing with unexpected potholes and tragedies. You are facing storms and floods after one another. And you are caught between a rock and a hard place. You don't know which way to turn to. When you turn to the left, they don't like you. When you turn to the left, they don't want to help you. When you move forward, they are against you. When you move back, they are against you. Where do you go to but the rose to tell you in that tragedy there is a blessing the bible says that there were four hebrew boys or three hebrew boys taken into captivity into babylon and three of them were thrown into the lion and into the fiery furnace because of their faith in God and they were thrown because they did not want to bow down to the pressure and the oppression of the day and they were thrown into the fiery furnace and the people who threw them into the fiery furnace died but they did not die why because when life's fire gets ignited around you there will always be a fort man inside your fire in the midst of your storm whilst the winds are boisterous and you are in a boat designed to carry you afloat on top of the water you will be terrified by the winds and the storms and the waves that come against you but there's a Jesus there's a Jesus in the presence and in the midst of your storm and you should be hopeful because the very storm that upsets you the very storm that causes you to be afraid Jesus sits on throne upon that storm the Bible says in Psalm 29 that Jesus sits on throne upon the floods the disciples whilst they were on the boat in a storm Jesus came walking on the very thing that troubled that trouble them. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus allowed Peter to go into a prison. And whilst he was in the prison, he allowed the lions to go on a Daniel fast. And they did not consume him because God put them on a Daniel fast. And sometimes the people intending to throw you in a storm, they don't want you to come out. But God has programmed you, God has destined you to come out, not for your own glory, but for the glory of God. And when you come out of the fire, not looking like what you went through, not smelling like what you went through, Nebuchadnezzar will say, surely there's no God like the God of the Hebrews. So when you come out is to testify about the goodness of God when God parted the Red Sea when God allowed the Israelites to go through the Jordan the Jordan River the Bible says uh, they were afraid because of the hand of the Lord that the hand of the Lord was mighty on the Israelites and because the hand of the Lord was mighty and Jericho and the people of Jericho heard what the Lord has done the Bible says Jericho was shut not because of harvest that's what they are teaching not because of the harvest no, 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 no 
No, no. The miracles and the miraculous hand of God upon his children allowed the enemies to be terrified. And so when you are in a storm, float, float on. Hey! Sometimes God puts you in a storm to hear his voice. Because Psalm 29 says the voice of the Lord is in the midst of your storm. Sometimes you are in a storm because it's your season to be in your storm. Sometimes you are in a storm because God wants certain things to fall off from you. That selfishness, that pride, that spirit of unforgiveness, that spirit of feeling low, always near, money low, phony. Because Jesus Christ said, say, blood is restored for me. You are precious. You are valuable. You are bought with the blood of the Lamb. And they say, it cruz say, hey, the cruz is their blood. Amen. What is her? What is her? Sometimes you and I are in a storm because it's a place where God will show himself strong to us in that storm. And the disciples were in a storm called sadness and sorrow. Do not let the storms in life cloud your judgment. Set my wipers on, set the headlights on, magikar biki varam and ready refog, ready refog. And a pilot does not navigate himself out of a storm because he cannot see properly. So now he places his faith. Oh sh! He places his faith on the man on the ground that does not know the weather conditions up there and he says to the pilot do exactly what i tell you to do the pilot knows and the pilot is experiencing the turbulence but the man on the ground says to him reduce your speed increase your height or decrease or descend i God, in the midst of your storm, will give you instruction. And it's up to you and I to follow and obey the instructions. Sometimes the instructions are not good. Take your only son and go to a place where you will sacrifice. Abraham took the son not knowing that he will receive further instructions. That this son, your only son you will take him now, will become the sacrifice. But God tested his heart and his obedience and there God became Jehovah Jireh for him. Let God became, become Jehovah in your life when you are in a storm. Money the government blame me. Money for cupcake blame me. Money for Ramaphosa blame me. Money your counselor blame me. No, when you are in the storm, it's your season to be in that storm. Amen. Because every season produces something. Amen. You must go through pressure in order to produce. Sometimes the reason for autumn and winter is to kill certain things. Unless a seed of grain falls into the ground and die, it remains alone. But when it dies, it produces much. It produces.
Jesus so moet ik bang is en en kwaad is voor die kijk het mooi check het aan die blare gaan binnenkort verval en kan ek nou nie kwaad raak nie because as die seisoen ons is kwaad elke oogend as ek opstaan moet ek die poel skoonmaak because die blare is in die poel ek raak kwaad maar soos ek kwaad raak so bedien die heilige gees my nee jy kan nie kwaad raak nie dis hoe dinge wees is moet wees as ieder jy is lui Ek wil nou die boom afkap. Maar in die somer gaan hy nou nie koelte uh, skade wees. Maar my vrou sien nie, die boom gee my werk elke dag. My arms is dik van hy. Baie blare in die poel het haar. But it's how things is. Hallelujah. And so because listen here, for a few more minutes, let me just do an exegesis, Pastor Shen, uh, on this verse. Matthew 17, verse 22. Now, whilst they were in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. As it's not an underline. But the betrayal only happens in the 26th chapter. And in chapter 17, he gives them the instruction or the information. But only in chapter 26, the betrayal happens. But in chapter 17, Jesus already seen it. Jesus already knew about it. As if to say, whatever happens on Friday is not a surprise to me. Yes. Whatever you are going through, my brother, my sister, it's not a surprise to yes. God. So in his omniscience, he can look into the future whilst in the present. And whilst in the present speak things that pertains to the future, and those who are in the flesh will not catch it. Mm. So he knows what's about to go down. The Lord knows what would happen to you. The Lord knows what would happen to him. The Lord knew ons harte gaan gebreek word. The Lord knew ons gaan gerasper word. Hallelujah. He knew that we will, he knew about the pain we will endure. He knew about the enemies and the wars that will rise up against me. He knows about the loved ones we have lost and will lose. And so God knows what we are going through right now. And he's not jumping around. He's not screaming. He's not under pressure. He's not running like a headless chicken. He knows the end from the beginning. And because he knows the end from the beginning, you and I can have hope. And this is why the Holy Spirit allowed Paul to write these words in Romans 8.28. That all things work together for the good of them that loves the Lord and to those who are called according to his purpose. Everything will work. Your bad will work with your good. Your good will work with your bad. It will work for your good. And he will work for your good. 
van Ali bitter goed wat moet ingaan en Ali zoet goed wat moet ingaan. There's a mixing and so God is allowing the processes of time to mix us and to prepare us. So when the cake is presented, no one will see or taste the raw ears and the raw flour and the raw uh, baking powder and rising and whatever you don't when it comes you prune the liquor but that cake had to go through a process and the oven had to my oma groot geword so dan reek ek as ek van die die jam afkom dan maak ek die dammelig because ek reek het al van die hoeka and as ek in die huis kom dan wil ek mos nou die oont ek wil kyk dan skree sê die kamer Roche moet nie die deur oopmaak nie at that time I didn't know where, why, but I know it's supposed to be ready because I cannot wreck. And as I can hear his command, beginning to prove in the atmosphere. And she said, "Money in the dear rope market." I say, "Yara, mama, who come at mama out to say?" She said, "Because you cook hand flop. You can't afford it. It is storm economy." They can't afford it. The storm is coming, and we brew sometimes when the oven top a low heat as for the cook ingaan. And sometimes dry the here the heat from the oven up up your liver. Money the here doubt me. You must go into a low heat, and that low heat will migrate into a higher degree of heat so that you can brand me. The here weet what do me. The here weet who do me that. So vanerle yo kegan kan yo. Say, oh, taste and see that the Lord He is good. And the only reason why you are still alive in a global pandemic is because there's purpose inside of you. And because there's purpose inside of you, death and sickness has to wait. Now I'm not suggesting that those who died, the millions of them who died, never had purpose. I'm speaking to you. You are here. I am here by the grace of God because there's purpose. There's purpose. And when we read the Bible, God is not just speaking to Moses, He's not just speaking to David, He's speaking to everyone. He will be betrayed into the hands of man. Referring to Judas. Hands of man referring to Judas. So it seems like Jesus is saying, I'm about to be placed into Judas's plan. And the chief priests and the Pharisees, their plan will unveil. So it seems like evil is in control. This is what it seems like Jesus is saying. But because I came to Rock Church, I did a little homework. Can I share the homework with you? The verb that is used to be betrayed into the hands of men is a long word, para tedomai. Para tedomai, P-A-R-A-T-E-D-O-M-I. P-R-A-T-E-D-O-M-I. This word is almost exclusively used in a passive voice. Now I know you've been out of school for a long time. So can I just teach grammar for a few minutes? Is that okay? Because uh, you need to understand whenever a verb is used in a passive voice, 
There are three things that should be identified in the sentence. It is the direct object, the indirect object, and the subject. The direct object is the recipient of the indirect object that's acted upon by the passive verb that's, that's being controlled by the subject. Can kick up Facebook file information as in class. So when you break down grammatically, the direct object is the hands of man. The indirect object is Jesus. That leaves the question, who is the subject? The subject is the one who is in control of the verb that's acting on the indirect object to place it into the hands of man. The direct object is Judas. The indirect object is Jesus. But the subject that is in control of the verb that's making all things happen is all himself. Because the subject is always in control of what happens. The phrase man's hand in the Greek has two terms. Hayaya, H-E-Y-A-I-R. And whenever this word is used, it's referred to as two things in the Bible. One, man's hands. And whenever it refers to man's hands, it speaks about man having a hole in his hand. And the other one is the hand of God. So Jesus is saying to the disciples, I will be placed into man's hand. But man's hand has a hole in it. That is why you and I cannot hold on to things. Everything falls. We don't know what to do with our money. We don't know what to do Oh, it's not that. Okay. <laughs> So I'm about to be placed into man's hand, but the hand of man has a hole. So I'll be placed into the hand of man, but I will fall through the hole into the sovereign hand of God. Oh, Jesus. And Sunday dawned on them. And they receive news that Jesus was placed in the hand of man is no longer there. He was placed in a circle and fell through a system that was caught by the sovereign hand of God. Sovereign hand of God, the same hand that woke him up from the dead. And moved him like Dragon Ball Z instant transmission. And he was away from the tomb. And when the woman came to the tomb, they did not believe he was there until the, the angels said, Hey, and reminded them and is reminding us today that it is in fact. Sunday. Okay, yellow It is in fact the third day. What happens on the third day? On the third day, death needs to vomit up life. On the third day, angels descend. On the third 
day the stone is rolled away on the third day the tomb is empty on the third day there needs to be a hope in our hearts joy in our spirits because Jesus is not dead he is alive it is Sunday he has risen he has risen and kick smiley means for the move the book is too no smile he is risen this hour what it for he can say for more that the year had opgestaan hey had opgestaan he is undefeated he conquered hell death and the grave that's my king he's a king of kings and the lord of lords he is not dead and because he is not dead i have hope because he has he's not dead i can trust his word because he's not dead i can call upon him in the midst of my storm in the midnight hour early in the morning i can call his name jesus jesus because there's power in the name of jesus that's healing in the name of Jesus that's deliverance in the name of Jesus that's redemption through the blood of Jesus he's alive he's alive oh you like my yellow not sad and sorrowful he's alive beloved he's alive he's not dead he's not Buddha he's not Allah he's alive he's alive he's alive and well and he showed himself to be alive to his disciples instant transmission and he came into the door where these sorrowful sad disciples were and Thomas was not nothing yes and he presented himself alive and when Thomas were told hey we have seen the master he is alive Thomas did not believe why did he not believe because he wanted to see for himself there's a latin phrase that says separate vedere seeing is believing and so jesus says no thomas this is your system this system makes you successful as a human being but in the spirit of god what makes you successful as a human being is useless in the spiritual realm because in the spiritual realm i work from the inside out from the downside up that is why when i say this it shall happen and so he appeared and he says you want to experience experience touch feel and only then Thomas believe and I believe if that appearance of Jesus after his resurrection God allowed him to appear just for Thomas who did not believe and there were many others who did not believe I want to say to you who still have doubt in your heart that he is alive God bless you.